What's going on, baddies? This is Rye Guy here with Toxic Terry and Dollar Sign Deej back at it again with another Your Bad podcast. We got uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of things to talk about today, don't we, guys? Yeah, I'm excited for our topics today. And lately, I've been playing a lot of Blancos, which is an NFT. So I'm I'm excited to talk about that. But we're gonna save that for later. So <laughs> we're here with episode three. Now we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Ryan's wallet is actually a lot lighter than it was last week. So I have to tape tape it down so it doesn't fly away. (laughs) So we have to do a little bit more crypto investing, I think. (laughs) Recoup some of these costs with uh, the new Bitcoin spikes and whatnot. Oh, yeah, but let's let's save that for later because we have a lot to talk about that. Um, I think our first topic was going to be Fry's Electronics is actually closing down. Uh, I'm still in mourning. So we all just want to share like our our favorite like memory of being at Fry's. I think I think we should talk about fries in general. Like fries was was crazy back in like the two thousands era. Like it was up there with Radio Shack, like Circuit City, all these like titans of where to go for like nerds. That that was crazy. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, it was your it was the go to place for like like if you were in a PC builder back in the day. Like that was where you went to buy hardware. But it was even more than that, you know. Like they sold movies, they sold like CDs, they sold appliances it was a warehouse a technology warehouse i would argue it was um it was trying to do what best buy was and is today on a grander scale if that makes sense and it's crazy because like amazon didn't exist in the way it does back then you know they didn't have the two-day shipping online shopping wasn't as well renowned like people didn't really know what it was so I remember one thing I remember most was Black Friday and how people used to pile up outside of stores to try and get like the best deal or the, the TV for a hundred dollars or whatever it was. So Fry's was the number one place to do that, if I remember correctly, in San Diego at least. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, they literally if they if you thought about it, they probably had it. So that would make sense that it would be swamped on Black Friday. I think, yeah, I'll go ahead and start with my fondest memory. I remember, like, going with my parents at, like, 4 a.m. in the morning and being so blisteringly clothed. Actually, it was was probably, like, 2 a.m. in the morning. Being so cold and having to wear, like, three different jackets and being, as a kid, just being like, why am I up at this time? Like, I've never been up at this time before in my life. And my parents being, oh, like, we have to go get the deal. And then we getting there, and people were already camping out, and, and the line was wrapping around the building two or three times already. So it was like... Like, should I even bother at that point? It was just so nuts to see fries full of stuff. And I remember going inside, you know, as a kid and seeing all the lights. They, it was like a, it wasn't, this wasn't a themed fries. Um, a lot of the other fries electronics are actually themed. The one in San Marcos actually is an aquarium theme. So I really wish yeah. I got to go to that one. Do, have you been to that one, Ryan? I have, I have. It was really? crazy. Yeah, I, I, I've been to a couple of fries in San Diego, or not San Diego, but in like uh, California. My dad was a, he was huge back in the day. He was huge into computers. So he was always like building something like, like he was, he, like I said, back from uh, episode one, he was the one that kind of showed me the ropes when it came to like computer gaming. Uh, so like I, I went to a bunch of fries and as a kid, it's crazy because, you know, it looks like an amusement park with all the themes and stuff. It's really cool. <laughs> wow. I'm just now like looking up online, like fries, electronics, San Marcos. This, yeah. this looks incredible. It looks yeah. like you underwater the Atlantis. I like the, the alien one. Craft. The yeah. alien one. Is the <laughs> one. Uh, it looks like a spaceship crashing into the front. That was the go-to one in San Diego, wasn't it? Um, 
They didn't. I think that one was in Vegas. I don't know where that one exactly was. Uh, it was actually in. It was in California, but it's not in San Diego somewhere. Okay, um, that, yeah, that was, was the one that I went cool. to the most. Really? Oh yeah. Man. My mom sent me pictures because I was telling her like, "Oh, fries just died," and she sent me photos of of um, the spacecraft, and I was like, "Dude, like, I wish I could have seen the giant ants that were in there in person. <laughs> like, it was so cool." Have you what? Have you gone to the fries, DJ? Yeah, I used to go to the fries. Um, oh man, I'm blanking on where that location was. I guess off Mission Valley and yeah, Aero um, Drive. Yep. Yeah, the one Aero Drive. Yeah, Drive. I used to go to that fries all the time. And I mean, I, I guess the architecture of that one was there anything special? Because I don't remember anything special with it. No, they no. had some stuff on the inside, but it wasn't anything particularly amazing. Yeah, okay, yeah it wasn't a themed fries. fries. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really sad. I really wish I could have seen some. I had no idea they had like giant fish tanks. Um, it was funny because on the Fry's Electronics subreddit, I was following them for a while because um, people were talking about their experiences or whether or not they were going to go under. So I was like going there to try and see whether or not they would survive. And people were like, oh, they're on co-assignment now. So like they're going to be OK for a little while. And of course, they weren't. But um, some people were asking, like, what happened to the fish at the, the San Marcos? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they probably donated like, to the Birds Aquarium or something. That's a good question, because, I mean, were they even taking care of the fish, though? You know, that's that's kind of the concern for me. Honestly, I, I, would be I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the fish were long gone from there, you know? Like, even before they closed down, they probably got rid of the fish well before it. I hope so. I mean, like, San Diego has a huge marine life population, like, 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 a friendly population. Like, true. my dad started sure. the, the, uh, the Reef Society in San Diego with a couple of his friends back in like the early night like the late 90s um they, they they literally had like a whole thing he was reef engineer um so like there they, there's ways to go about it i remember when we had to shut down our fish tank um we donated all of our fish because like dude people don't realize how expensive fish can get and like when you're talking like massive aquarium scale tanks like they had like the giant round one uh they, they that that gets like, super expensive so i have to imagine they they talk to like the uh the aquarium society and the reef society and maybe um even sea world or something and gave them to them i just have to confess you just killed my dreams of having the aquarium <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I like thinking about it, i was like oh what's an animal that's easy to take care of and i'm like oh fish uh, no, <laughs> now, now you oh, said it's expensive. So now I, if, I said if, no. <laughs> if you're doing if you're doing like a uh, like a freshwater tank, uh, you can do something pretty simple for pretty cheap with a uh, semi low maintenance. But if you're doing anything salt or reef, uh, that that gets expensive and it gets time consuming. It's it's very meticulous. Uh, I'm I'm I, I used to do this a lot. So yeah, <laughs> I had a family member that actually had an aquarium, and they mm. had to definitely they had to get the salt water from a place. The, we used to go to. La Jolla Shores, and we yeah. would pump, they had a pump that you could use and take out like seawater. We had yeah, massive 50 gallon drums that we would put in my dad's truck and fill them because you would have to like, you have to do water cycle. Yeah, we had a 300 gallon saltwater fish tank. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it was massive. Yeah, so like I grew, I grew up with this stuff, you know. Uh, so like I, I can, I can tell you personally from like experience in Southern California with like, 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 like a uh, marine life. Uh, there's a very big community there for it, so I, I have to assume that they uh, they probably gave them way to good homes. I hope so. I hope so. That's all we can do is hope for it. Because yeah. by what you're saying, there's no way they took care of those fish like that in the last <laughs> yeah. couple months. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, sad, the saddest part about Fry's closing was it was a really slow burn. 
Like there were yeah. there were years where they were just like they they had no stock or everything. I remember um a couple of YouTubers they were posting videos of specifically Bitwit. He went to the Las Vegas fries and they basically he talked to some of the employees there. It, like about how there was like no stock and the employee said oh yeah it's because we're changing like our distributor companies we're kind of in between right now so we haven't been able to get any stock in they actually sent all of their stock from the other stores to that vegas store so that it could look semi-stocked because uh, it was a giant it was a giant tech expo that they exactly that was yeah. yeah yeah they were so, really trying to, to to market it like that so yeah but it was a really slow i, I want to i like don't quote me on this but i, I want to say it was like a year and a half, two years ago when that happened. So like, that's just to give you a good example of how slow a burn this death was. Yeah, yeah, his video is uh, January 2020. Yeah, oh, January 2020. Okay, so maybe a little bit, only a year ago. It seems a lot longer. 2020 was a very long year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, felt like three. Yeah, right? But um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really sad. DJ, what, what about you? Like, um, in terms of like, I, I know you said you, you visited Fry when Fry's when you were younger a lot, but like, uh, like, do you have any really good memories there? So or my only memory at Fry's, um, I was kind of a, I was kind of a brat when uh, I was younger, and checks I, out. <laughs> 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 I, I remember getting this Dell laptop because I needed a new, I needed a computer, um, and my sister said that she was going to pay for it, and she she did pay for it, but um. We go to Fry's and we look at everything and then I settle for this Dell that's like pretty fairly priced and I remember taking it home and then like downloading World of Warcraft and like playing World of Warcraft and then like just using the computer and I was like, you know, this just doesn't feel right. And at the time I wanted a MacBook instead and I don't know why I was so crazy because in hindsight, you know, Dell would have been perfectly fine, better for gaming, but um, yeah, we took it back and not only did they honor us and give us a full refund, but um they yeah they took it back completely even though i had downloaded something on it and like i don't know i i really respected them as a company for like honoring like my bad decision like refunding me on it mm -hmm. yeah i think that well i mean you triggered ryan when you said you had to bring something back because <laughs> <laughs> ryan's experience was not as smooth um and i'll let you get into your experience <laughs> we'll see the, the the problem with my experience was wasn't even that it was fry's fault you know it was uh the company i won't name the i won't name the company but uh it was the company what does it rhyme with what does it rhyme with um <laughs> he's trying to save us future sponsorships terry yeah. I, I, exactly what does it rhyme I with i don't think you can rhyme um an acronym Okay, okay. <laughs> Let's just say it's a series of letters. Um, <laughs> okay. <that's fair. laughs> um, but yeah, I bought... I, uh, I, I had a similar problem where... Well, not a similar problem, I guess. I did end up trying to bring a laptop back. I got it for college, but I needed... You know, I was going to college, so I needed to get a laptop, of course, for college. It just so happened that the year I got the laptop was when Diablo 3 came out. Uh, and I got the most powerful laptop that I could find. Um, well... I play it, I, I have it for a little while, I go off to college, well, I notice the bezel on the laptop starts to break, it's like bulging off, and I bought the four-year warranty. So, I come back from college, I give it to Fry's, they give me a loaner laptop, it's just like a janky Windows 8 piece of garbage. Um, they ship it off to um, the country of origin that this laptop company is from, and um, it's gone for three months. I've had the laptop for about three months, so now, They've had it for as long as I've had it. It comes back 
uh, not fixed. Uh, Fries sends it back. Another three months go by. It comes back, not fixed. They send it a third time. Three more months go by. By this point, it's been a year, and I've had it for only three months out of the year. Um, it comes back not fixed. I get to the place, and at that point, I'm just livid. Like, you know, like, I haven't had my laptop. Halfway through the year, um, they ended up giving me a different loaner laptop because I, it was a gaming laptop that I had. And the laptop they gave me wasn't a gaming laptop, so I couldn't do any of the things I normally did on it. So they ended up upgrading me to a different laptop, um, but it still was garbage because it was Windows 8. It was a terrible operating system. <laughs> it couldn't run anything. Dude, it couldn't, it couldn't even run Skype. Like, it, it just it wouldn't function. It was like the worst experience. I hated Windows 8. So uh, at this point, I come back, I come to Fry's and I'm livid. I'm like, I literally say, you've had it for the, more than me. Like, am I getting a refund for this, this warranty? Because this is ridiculous. And they're like, oh, well, we'll swap out the laptop for you. I'm like, all right, but like, it has to have, it has to be Windows 7 because I cannot do Windows 8. Every laptop you gave me was Windows 8 and it was terrible. I couldn't do anything. And they're like, well, the only laptop we have in the store that's Windows 7 um, is uh, this laptop that's a higher spec than yours. So it costs more money. But they gave it to me at the cost of my original laptop uh, for the inconvenience. And they, they didn't make me pay for another warranty. They just transferred the warranty over to the other laptop. So I think like, that was just like a, a mixture of me getting frustrated, you know, because I didn't have my laptop. Like, really, Fry's did help a lot. They, they, they went above and beyond. They gave me a laptop that cost more. Even they, better, yeah. Yeah, they, they honestly, Fry's helped. It was the company that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that really had the problem. Yeah, that was the issue. I mean, so honestly, I mean, I'm a fairly reasonable person. I was pretty aggravated that day. And I, I, I do feel bad for it because it wasn't the employee's fault. I mean, I've worked in retail. I know it's not their fault. But it was one of those things where it's like, listen, like, this is my money that we're messing with, right? Real quick, could you say the name of the better laptop that you got that worked? I can. So they upgraded me to an Asus. Um, beautiful laptop, beautiful laptop. This thing had a, uh, a back in the day, it was, it was a 670 in there. Yeah, she, she, she trucked. Uh, it had an i7, 16 gigs of RAM. Yeah, it had a lot of RAM back then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the, honestly, I, I had that laptop up until a year and a half ago. It still ran mm -hmm. pretty wow. well. Like, so it, 10 years almost? Uh, almost 10 years, yeah. It, 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 and it would run games. Like modern games struggled on it around 20... 16, I noticed that games couldn't be run on like high settings anymore. I had to bump down the medium. Um, but I mean, up until like recently, I mean, it was medium low, but I mean, the game still ran really smooth, like 60 frames easily. Um, but then it, it just came time to, you know, upgrade to a, uh, to a desktop. And uh, unfortunately, at the time of upgrading, I uh, didn't have access to a fries, but uh, they also wouldn't have probably been able to provide me with much at that so point. I had to put it out to pasture. <laughs> I had to. I had to, I had to. I had to bring her out back with the shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> She's my dog. <laughs> Someone but, out uh, there is going to be really hurt. <laughs> but uh, sorry, Peta. Um, but uh, no, yeah. So I mean, like honestly, like though it might have been a very aggravating experience at the time, I can say Fries as the company made it a lot better. Um, and all of my experiences with Fries are like that. Like I mean, even going back when I was a child with my dad going to Fries, seeing the fish in the in the aquarium tank, uh, like literally just like helping him find parts. Uh, 
back when I used to want to buy CDs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have good experiences with fries, all in all, you know? No, Legit? I feel you. I remember one of the coolest things about fries. Sorry, DJ. Um, but this was kind of like a, a kind of like not really known thing about fries was that they actually imported a lot of game pan or other countries where you couldn't get them. Um, even like on Amazon, there was a really big surcharge because they were imports. But fries had them at like re super reasonable prices that were like, you know, like $60 for uh, a DS game from Japan. And that was pretty insane. I remember my friend had told me um, one game that he had got was like a Shonen Jump game um, that was only, originally only available and localized in Japan, but Fry's had it, and it was just memories like that that I that I really I appreciate. Do, and I do remember getting a so uh, go ahead, I, um, oh sorry, a Dragon Quest game for the DS at Fry's that was in ja was originally like only a Japanese title. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What were you gonna say, DJ? Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. I can't remember. I need to start writing down notes. <laughs> um, but so I do have a note that I wrote down earlier, though. And like, do you guys remember Windows Vista? Absolutely. I, just I never interacted awful. with it, so I'm actually good. I, I had it on my um, uh, the first desktop that I had, um, like my desktop at my house, not like the family computer, uh, had Vista. The family computer had XP on it. Um, and it was upgraded from 98. Um, and Vista was kind of like the preliminary eight garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I actually remember what I was going to say now. And, and like, I remember being a kid, like walking around stores like Fry's Electronics, um, Best Buy, and like, like wishing that I could afford certain things. And now that I'm older and I actually can walk into those kind of stores and like just kind of hang around and see what I like. Not they anymore. Really... Not fries. Fries well, is dead. That's, <laughs> that's the shame part. That's the shameful part of it is like now. Yeah, now fries is dead. And like this, if this pandemic has taught me anything, it's that like for whatever reason, um, older adults like to see the electronic in person. They don't like to just like look at the specs online. Like they actually need to see it in person because every oh, time yeah, I went to the Best Buy, yeah. it was crowded. Like the Best Buy was the only store that if I wanted to go to. There was like a line, like, oh, sorry, we're at max capacity. Like, you have to wait outside, especially on a Saturday or Sunday. Like, that was the one store I just always remember them being like, oh, we're at max capacity um, for COVID. Like, you have to wait outside in line. And that surprised me because I'm like, wow, like, I also could just buy this online and I know what I'm buying. So, like, I feel okay buying it online. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I think definitely going in person is a lot better. Uh, although I will say, I went to Fry's. Sorry, I forgot to add this. It was really, really important. Uh, I went to Fry's two weeks before they officially closed down all their stores without announcement. And I just went because it, I, I had a weird sense that I was like, oh, I should hang out fries, you know, for some reason. And I remember going into fries and the door greeter was asleep. <laughs> was legit asleep. And, was, and then when it was I came an in, omen. I felt, I felt bad. I was like, it's okay, brother, just sleep. Just come back to sleep. Brother. I didn't catch, mean to. catch those Z's. Catch those I didn't Z's. mean to start. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was just something that I remember was super important. <laughs> that he That's was asleep, okay. dude. Oh. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Oh man. No, dude. That... <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it was a, that was an omen, man. 
You you. <laughs> I felt so bad. I walked in there and he was legit. Like I looked over because I knew he was. You know, usually you're at a tech store. The right? yeah. People look at you when you come in to make sure you don't look sketchy. And I looked at him and I didn't see his eyes. I just saw him asleep, closed eyes and everything. And <laughs> everyone in there just looked so bored. It looked so sad, dude. You you know one so thing sad. that I I always wanted to use at Fries, but I never did, and I never will be able to now. I don't know if you remember, but after the checkout section of fries, there was a popcorn machine. Bruh. <laughs> yeah. They had a cafe in that one. The they one did? On yeah. Drive, they had a cafe. I heard their sandwiches right after, were half yeah. decent. Uh, it was I, funny because I was reading on the Reddit. Someone said uh, they went, he was one of the people that was from the store that had co-signed equipment that they were, uh, you know, essentially lending to fries. Yeah. Um, and he said someone had burnt bread in their cafe <laughs> that oh. morning. So it's funny because the employees at the la- even in the last moments of fries, they were still trying to trying to use what was left over. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're like I-, I worked at this store for like five years I'm- with minimum wage. I deserve to use this bread. <laughs> <laughs> this is my bread machine. <laughs> Oh my but god! Yeah, I don't know. That was that was funny, and it's it's sad. I'm really sad <laughs> to see fries go, but I think I I, I just hope they're in the great beyond with with Toys R Us, and um, they're they're running around the open pastures. <laughs> it's it's just, always the shelves are always there. Fresh tech. <laughs> Sears is there, either there or they're really close to being there. I'm sorry, Sears. If you want to sponsor us, go ahead. But you know, teetering on the edge. But we welcome all sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, on the on the subject of what what DJ was talking about, though, um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of of that camp too, where I like to see the product in front of me. I like to hold it in my hand. Mm-hmm. I like to look at it. Like, I mean, yeah, I order stuff online, but it's not the same. I I like to go to the store and see it, and I like walking out with the product. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. So I do agree. Like, so I have a rule. Like, if I so okay, there's like, man, it's hard for me to find the words. Um, if it's over, I would say maybe $150 and I've never seen the product ever in person, then yes, I, I do like to go see it before I buy it. But um, otherwise, I'm okay like looking at online reviews and just ordering it based off that. Um, if that I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, but you basically just described tech. <laughs> if it's over $150, I want to see it in person. <laughs> but, but a lot of it can be under, you know? Yeah, I guess, but... Like no, I just I, bought a, I just bought a keyboard. Oh yeah, that was, that was oh under $100. But no, I, I um, I do agree with you, DJ. But I, I hate re, uh, returning stuff. <laughs> so when I buy something, if I don't like it, I'm probably keeping it. <laughs> I, I would say it- I actually agree with that. Like I'm, I'm very much the same way. Like if I buy something, I'm probably keeping it, or like I'm accepting that that it's a loss on my end. Yeah, but. The only time I ever will return something is if I was genuinely truly scammed. Like mm-hmm. like how like how you had with the fries. Like your thing was not working. So you had to return it, you know? So. Yeah. Oh, I agree. But if it's just something I decided I didn't like or I didn't want, I'm just gonna keep it. But yeah, if, if it's like I, yeah, I agree. I if it's if it's a scam, then absolutely. I'd I'd be I'd be livid as I was. But uh yeah, tell us about this uh tell us about this keyboard you got. That's oh, okay, a good segue so... to subject number two. Wait, so before before we get into keyboards, Terry, do you want to tell us about the this week free stuff in gaming? Because I oh, okay. haven't been following it. So, 
yeah, so Metro 2033, if you haven't played it, um, I think it's the Redux edition that's actually available on Steam right now for free. I know Epic has gotten it, or given it away a couple times. I think Steam has given it away once before, but if you haven't picked it up, it's a really fun atmospheric game that's not really... It's not typical. Like, it's, it's a lot more on the Fallout level of games, but I don't know. Ryan, have you played it as well? You've played it as well, right? And one unique thing is that bullets are used as currency instead of uh instead of just being you know Money. yeah it's not an item so yeah you, you should definitely stay away from that <laughs> use an lmg in call of duty so <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because i i i might be wrong but i think our first episode it was also free on epic <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think uh, it was either that or it was one of the other ones. It was um, might have been one of the other ones. I don't ones. know if it was, I think it was the, the sequel, the, the first oh, sequel to the yeah, game. Last Light, maybe? Or... Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think that was free, but the original Metro, I don't think, uh, was free on Steam. I think the last time it was free was like maybe three or four years ago. So this oh. is a good time to pick it up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. My my, the only thing I can I, I can re- recommend it one hundred percent. It is a quality game. It's got an eerie atmosphere. It's got a unique um game mechanics. Um, such as like you know the bullets as currency and uh, ammo. Um, definitely a good story too. Good story, compelling. Um, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, an advocate of the Metro series. Is it like uh? So ignore me, I'm an idiot. But is like Metro like Sam uh the Samus? No, that's a Samus? Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> God, you uncultured swine. <laughs> gaming questions that were better better off not being asked. Yeah. <laughs> why did oh, you wait, wait, why did you before... run that in scripting <laughs> wait, wait, wait get it before march 15th oh man okay if you're listening to this podcast literally the day it's uploaded then you can get it for free but otherwise it, it goes off i believe sale. in you i believe in you people <laughs> if not a lot, is... of people, a lot of people probably have it in their um in their library but if you don't definitely get it um it, it's it'll be worth it yeah it's a good it's a good play okay all right now now we can move into uh i think our specialty we've been talking about this for a long time way before this podcast yeah. was ever even drafted was uh mechanical keyboards i'm gonna get some points with the the realm of r slash mk so uh yeah one of the big things that Ryan, DJ, and I have been in for the last week or two was mechanical keyboards. So if you don't know what a mechanical keyboard is, and you're you're probably not living life to the fullest, <laughs> uh, you're definitely missing out on on having a really good product. Uh, and mechanical keyboards are, are are that. So fun fact: mechanical keyboards used to be the only keyboard. They were the original drafted keyboard, um, and then. People started shifted, shifting into membrane keyboards because those were more cost-effective for the office space. But um, we've seen a really big resurgence in the last maybe five years of mechanical keyboards being kind of uh, the was it the uh, standard for for gamers um, mm-hmm. because of the way they work and how they feel and how you can customize them. So yeah, Ryan, you you've really kind of bloomed blossomed into this, and you're you're going above and beyond. You're going to be building your own. <laughs> eventually right yeah yeah so um one could say i I fell down a rabbit hole and i haven't hit the ground yet Um, yeah (laughs) it was was like you'd be surprised at how steep the edges um 
I, uh, I, I was, I, I definitely gave you some pushback at the beginning when you first brought it up to me. I don't know. It, it didn't really make sense to me. Cause I was like, Oh, I have my, my, I have a mechanical keyboard, but it's, it's just that a mechanical keyboard. And honestly, what it comes down to was the keyboard that I had, I hated the switches on it. So I was like, yeah, it's a mechanical keyboard, but this is just what they are. I didn't know that there was something else. I just thought this was the standard, you know? And uh, it turns out I couldn't have been more wrong. I had a, a mass manufactured mechanical keyboard. Um, the number one switch you'll see is a, um, the Cherry MX style switches, which are, they're good switches. But uh, I found out that specifically, I am not a fan of linear switches, which is basically yeah. you just it, the, the the switch glides straight down and straight back up without any real feedback. And I didn't really find it interesting. There's actually uh, a really fun and interesting fact about why um, mechanical keyboards have also um, blossomed a lot. So what Ryan is referring to is switches in the keyboard. The most common ones pretty much any gamer has probably heard of is the Cherry MX style, which are blues, browns, or reds. Um, and then there's a couple derivatives from that. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify this, Ryan. Oh, by all means. So blues, browns, or reds. Um, and for a long time, they had the patent on making switches. That's oh. why there was no derivatives of mechanical keyboard switches up until very recently. I think the patent ran out. And so that's why a lot more companies have come in and been able to make their own switches. Um, I think Razer was one of the first ones that was able to 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 kind of like go around the patent. Yeah, um, but they they did they made their own type of yeah they that and, and uh, Logitech did as well where they made their Romer G switches which were also also mechanical by definition but are they buckling, buckling spring or um I don't know exactly how how Romer G works I just know that they're stem so the stem uh, of a mechanical keyboard. Um, switch is is how it connects to um, uh, what is called a keycap. It's called a keycap. So the stem is is a shape. It's usually like a, a small plus sign. That's the um, Cherry MX style is a plus sign where you put your key on top of, and then from there it has uh, a housing. So uh, do you want to break down how how a switch is composed, uh, Ryan? Uh, I know you've been doing a lot of research, so. Uh, yeah, so um, one of the things that I, the thing that got me really interested in this was the switches specifically. I think I've really fallen in love with just the types and the way that you can like build them. But essentially, a, a switch is uh, designed with uh, a few main components. It's the uh, the bottom housing, the which is the base of the key, where when that stem that Terry talked about um, is pressed down, it hits the bottom housing, which makes a portion of the noise. And the bottom um, housing is connected to the 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 PCB of of the yes. keyboard. It's um it's what gets it its power. It has uh it it's it's it can be hot swappable, which means it can be put in and removed, or it can be soldered on, which means it's a permanent switch. Uh, it but it's soldered on from that bottom point with some pins. Um, and then from there, it, there's also the top housing, um, which makes the second half of the sound of the key uh, when it clacks back up top. Uh, from there, there's also the stem, as Terry talked about. There's uh two springs as well. There's the buckling spring, which uses it, which gives you the resistance. And then there's the leaf spring, which actually is the actuation of the key. Once you press the key all the way down, it pushes in the leaf spring, which causes the um, switch to say, I'm hitting the W key. Um, and if you have no idea what we're talking about, imagine a pen, you know, the clicky part of a pen, um, a push-up pen. That's pretty much the exact same way a switch works. Um, if you've ever messed with one of those pens where you click it and goes click, clack, click, clack, that's basically... Um, a very simplified version of what's inside of a keyboard. 
That's a really uh, good example. That's a yeah. really good example. But uh, essentially, it's made of those five components. The upper housing, the lower housing, the uh, buckling spring, the leaf spring, and the, um, uh, the stem. And DJ is following our... Uh... Our, our role as the local pessimist this time. So, <laughs> pessimist for the Blizzard episode. Uh, DJ's going to be our pessimist today. So, how do you feel about this, DJ? Because you actually, we actually convinced you to invest in a high quality keyboard with a very um, little effort, might I add. Oh, it was there was a lot of effort. But that day, we were like, hey, you should think about this. He's like, should I? And we're like, yeah. He's like, okay. Okay, that's kind of true. Yeah, you're right yeah. about that. Like, there was a lot of build up to it, but the day you kind of just said, okay. <laughs> but what I will say is, like, Terry is, I would say, especially Terry, he doesn't ever tell me, like, to buy something, um, like, like, ever. So when you say, you know, okay, this is actually a really valuable keyboard and it's on sale right now and it has LED lights, like, I think you should get it. I took, you know, I took that into heavier consideration because you don't try and sell me something every week. You know what I mean? You and me yeah, have sure. very different. You and me have two very different experiences with Terry. But go, go on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, yeah, DJ. Do you want to talk about as as the ultimate keyboard newcomer here uh, in the realm of like high high quality mechanical keyboards? What what did you buy and and why? What made you buy it? I think that's that's where we should start. Well, so I bought the Varmillo Sakura LED full size pink die sub pbt mechanical keyboard I, yes i just read the name off the website um <laughs> very quiet <laughs> yeah i figured <laughs> um but i bought it i bought it mostly because again like i was saying they've been talking about mechanical keyboards and how this is the new trend i know ryan was saying that he's known people that have literally been getting customized keyboards and, and following mechanical keyboards for a very long time um i was more of a pessimist though and i i still kind of am a pessimist to be honest with you like I like the keyboard I have. The only reason I bought this keyboard is because, you know, I saw an opportunity where if I don't like this keyboard, I can also sell it for like the exact same amount of money I bought it for or for actually double even more. Yeah, or, or more yeah. because you were saying it's going to be a rare keyboard. It's made by a reputable company, Varmillo. And so that's the biggest reason why I was just like, you know what? I can try it out at least because if I again, if I don't like it, I'll just sell it. But um, if I do like it, then, you know, you, you've sold me and I'm, you know, <laughs> well, can you tell us what keyboard you have right now, too? So right yeah. now I use the Logitech. Right now I use the Logitech two one three, and I I actually like this keyboard. I've had this keyboard since twenty seventeen, um, and I yeah, I didn't really feel any need to replace the keyboard in particular, but this opportunity presented itself, and I was like, I, you know, let me let me see what the craze is about, and I needed a keyboard with. I, I like using the number pad, um, so I needed a keyboard with a number pad at the very least. So I needed a full size keyboard. Um, okay, but but let's just uh, let's just confirm. I just want to confirm that you are also interested in purchasing a Baby Yoda keycap, maybe like an hour ago, like le like 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 forty five minutes ago. Yeah, you tried to do. You thought about it. <laughs> he so, didn't just think about it. He he demanded the link. Well, Terry and I. So okay, so Baby Yoda is a very hot topic, um, and yeah, it's that's a topic for another day. Because I'm trying to buy a Baby Yoda thing off Terry right now. Yeah, but, but did you? But didn't you try and get a keycap just now? I just want to confirm. I just want a yes or I was, no answer. I was looking into it. <laughs> I was looking into it. I didn't purchase anything, and I probably won't buy it. But yeah, I was. I did click the link, 
and I did consider <laughs> it. I didn't buy oh. it. <laughs> so just saying, um, Roamer Geek switches, which are on Logitech boards, wouldn't be able to uh, accommodate for that cap because they're proprietary again. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, if that's you- another aspect of of why we wanted you on a, a, a different type of keyboard. It's it's as little something as little as changing the keycaps makes the board seem so much different. Like for instance, this uh, An Pro Two that I'm currently uh, I've been using for a couple of months now, a little over I think a little under a year. Um, I've changed the keycaps on it uh, twice so far, and it feels like a completely different keyboard because it just sounds different and it feels different. And it's something as little as that, literally, just like uh, this this these keys uh, these tie house that I have on them right now. I think they cost me thirty dollars. Not not super expensive, but it's just nice to be able to like switch it up because it gives it a whole different feel. Yeah, so a really big part of of why mechanical keyboards have been blowing up recently um, is something very relevant with what what Ryan just said. It's because they're customizable. You can make them look and feel and sound how you want them um, to 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 do so, and especially because of. We're we're still in the pandemic. We're we're towards the end, hopefully, but we're still in a pandemic uh laden world. Um keyboards have become a lot of people's daily driver. It's a, it's something that they use every single day, just like you use your car. And a lot of people like having, you know, seat covers in their cars or steering wheels covers, or they go all the way up to changing their hoods or you know, the, they get wraps. Those are a lot of things that have been blowing up recently is customized customizability of of things so i think that's why uh mechanical keyboards have hit the mainstream and because also gaming has become a very mainstream uh thing to do that's also why we're seeing the uprising of mechanical keyboards as a whole too no that makes 100 percent sense and it i it's it's definitely down to that customizability me and like me and DJ bought the same keyboard the other day that at the exact same time yeah the exact (laughs) same time (laughs) but like Give it like a like a couple of like like weeks, months, and our key. If you keep the keyboard, if you decide you'd like it, I guarantee you our keyboards will look nothing alike, and they'll feel nothing alike because yeah, probably will like like you. Chances are you'll keep it stock, or maybe you'll 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 decide. Oh, maybe I want a new set of caps. I know for a fact I want the caps. <laughs> I'll keep it stock. <laughs> but like it's it's just so simple. Like we could literally buy the same thing, and it'll be two completely different products by the by the time we're done with them. You know? Actually, probably probably out of the box it will, uh, because they come yeah. with a couple novelty keycaps, and I know one of you is going to use them. So <laughs> definitely DJ. Right? I know it will be DJ. Most likely. What <laughs> do you mean? Nudge, nudge. <laughs> con- I actually don't even know what you're saying. So you think so? It's going to come with keys, and I won't even know. So I'll just put them on the keyboard. No, no. it'll come. It comes with uh, a okay. So the Sakura one comes with a little Mount Fuji keycap. That's actually really cool looking. Uh, I was going to steal that from from my partner who ordered one as well but uh i decided not to so um <laughs> i'm pretty sure you're gonna use that for the escape key because it is pretty dope and i was actually like oh shoot i kind of want that for my board but it yeah. basically comes with it's not it's it's not an artisan keycap but it's akin to an artisan keycap where it's like uh it's a it's a different type of cap that you can replace something with yeah so it's is cool. that with the mx black part of the no that's the switch oh yeah this <laughs> so mx blacks are actually a really really good um away from the mainstream type of cap yeah they're they're mx cherry um branded but they're a lot they feel a lot better is yeah well the the thing is cherry cherries aren't necessarily bad switches uh it's just that's been the norm for so long 
that all the new switches that are coming out are giving people like options. Exactly, and they're not mass-produced switches. Yeah, a lot of switches. We're hearing things about kiwis, uh, tangerines. I want a set of kiwis. <laughs> they also really, not only are they are they um, small scale and very very high quality. They look great, and you can make them look how you want a keyboard to look. You can make a certain keyboard theme. Um, so I think we can go into I think cost, which is <laughs> something I think Ryan is dreading as of recent. I I, I already invested so i'm good so oh, dj how much money have you spent on your keyboard i'll start with dj because he we, we know how much he spent we know how it, much i think it was like 87 uh 87 with free park, shipping yeah. with free shipping <laughs> and yeah, you're, expected, free shipping. you're expected to get your keyboard uh sometime this upcoming upcoming week right yeah it should yeah. yeah it should arrive on thursday yeah see so mine Mine said can... thursday but it actually changed to wednesday <laughs> and i'm a lot further than you and it's coming from California. I'm hoping it oh, comes Oh, yeah, my bad. Tomorrow. My bad. Mine will come on Wednesday, the 17th. Yeah. Ah, see? So, yeah, I, I think it, we're, we're probably going to ask for a review next episode, right? Absolutely. For sure. I'll see I if think I'm a believer should... if this keyboard makes me better at Warzone. If not, we'll see DJ's <laughs> listing. We'll link it in the Your Bad Discord. So, if you want to bid <laughs> yeah. on the keyboard, it'll be in there. DJ's Brandon. First, first dibs, right? <laughs> <laughs> that adds a couple bucks, right, DJ? Uh, just a few, just a couple. Just a few. <laughs> It'll be a got- discount. It'll be like a five dollar discount on his keyboard. Five dollar discount than- off of MSRP. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I, I'll I'll go next because yeah, I, definitely. I'm, I've solidified how much I've used right now. So I've spent I probably a thousand dollars on my keyboard. Um, I've bought more keyboards. I've bought maybe in total maybe like. $300 worth of keyboards, but um, on the keyboard that I'm currently using on my main computer right here, uh, I actually bring one to work as well, so that's a different factor. Um, but the one I use at home, uh, I, the keycaps are worth $200. The board itself was custom made, um, and that costs $160. And I have uh, a wrist rest and an artisan cable, so all that factored in is just probably a, a, a little less than than seven hundred dollars so i'm i'm a little off so but with everything else included like the second key, uh, keyboard that i bought i bought keycaps for my mom and i put that on a keyboard that i made for her um everything costs about around a thousand dollars so this is low-key an expensive hobby but it doesn't have to be you could start where dj is starting and just stay there for the rest <laughs> of your life if you want it to um <laughs> but it's highly unlikely you will want to that's the funny things so with that, that and that's funny because um, Ryan is someone who's who's right now in the process of making his his quote unquote end game. That's the joke of the mechanical keyboard community that there's an end game. There's there never is an no end game. game. There is no end game. <laughs> I have keycaps that I spent two hundred dollars on. They're now worth five hundred because they're, they're, they're you can't find them anywhere. Um, these are the GMK Boba Fett uh, keycaps. Maybe I'll link a, a photo in the Discord. Um, well, maybe oh, yeah. we'll have a keyboard section just for fun. If you look at the um, show notes, by the way, I posted um the uh the link to DJ's uh, old keyboard. Yeah, uh, the one I'm using, I'm, current keyboard. I would totally, um, and, and unfortunately, we can't do this for our viewers. We would totally link the Overstock.com uh link to these keyboards, but they're completely sold out. So I'm so sorry, but that deal was kind of insane. So it was. Um, yeah. So now we can go on to our latest test subject for this, 
uh, Ryan, who is going to go <laughs> above and beyond what I did, which was buy a pre-made custom keyboard from someone. So it was it was made by someone else, um, and I customized it. Uh, but it it is not from in any store. But Ryan is going to make his own keyboard sometime soon. So yeah, Ryan, how much have you spent? Let's see. Uh, just out of curiosity, how how long did it take you to spend that thousand dollars? Over for me, it was probably like over six six or seven months. I okay, that, I, I didn't do it all at once. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's not bad. So it is bad because Ryan Ryan's asking that question for a very specific reason. <laughs> so <laughs> I've probably spent, including this and Pro. Um, well, and yeah, talk about, talk about your introductory board, I think. That, okay. That's the one I pushed you to get, right? Yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was. So, um, I was, like I said before, I was very, um, uh, I, I guess I wouldn't say I was very against mechanical keyboards. Skeptical, I just didn't, I think. Yeah, skeptical. skeptical. Yeah. I didn't really understand that it could be better than what I had. Um, and, uh, Terry kind of kept, like, introducing me little by little into, like, other bits and pieces, aspects of the mechanical keyboard world. Um, and it really got me interested, like, uh, it, uh, the first thing that really got me interested was when he said that the switches that I had were linear, uh, which is, like I said before, it's just, like, straight down, straight up, no, no feel. Uh, there's other types, so I started looking into that, and then one day, Terry sends me, uh, we're, we're, we're hanging out, we're playing games, and he sends me a link for, uh, this Anpro that is a, um, it's not a mass, I guess it's, 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 it's a semi mass produced keyboard, right? Um, but the, uh, the, the, you can buy this stock with a set of switches in it, but the person that owned this one actually took out the stock switches and replaced them with, um, box, uh, Navy box navies by kale. And, uh, they are phenomenal. They're very tactile. They're very clicky. Um, they give you really good feedback. Um, but the reason I ended up going with it was because I spent $70 on this keyboard. The switches alone in the keyboard are worth like $60. So it seemed like a deal that was too good to pass it up. It was almost like Terry made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Um, <laughs> hey, sometimes those deals come along and you, you just can't pass up on it. Like uh, the one day I forced, I basically forced DJ into this. So, I think we forced Alex into this, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I got it. And honestly, uh, it opened my eyes. I remember when I got the keyboard, literally like, every day Terry was messaging me, Did you get it in yet? Did you get it in yet? <laughs> And I finally got it, and I tried it out, and my god, it sounds amazing, it feels amazing, but there's, it could be better, is, was the spark in my mind. There's no endgame. <laughs> I was like, why would I need anything else? It's perfect. But what if it felt better? <laughs> so what happened recently? What is your recent development? Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> I, um... Uh, Terry showed me the amazing world of Reddit and um, specifically mech market or slash r slash mech market and um, I have been non-stop buying stuff <laughs> for the last like two weeks um, because I've been doing research on switches I, I've currently um, 
in the, I, I ended up buying a custom keyboard that somebody put together with cut like like they they um they modded the board they uh they made these custom they like like they lubed the switches uh when you uh, lubing switches makes them smoother when they actuate up and down uh so it kind of silences them a little bit so it's not as clicky or it's not as um yeah clicky but it's still tactile so you feel that bump when you're pressing the key and um i spent uh Spent a little two over two hundred dollars on that keyboard. Oh, you're being modest. He he actually commissioned the person to, to c change the keycaps on them for his own. For his <laughs> own. you you left that part out, Ryan. You commissioned that person. Not I, only did you buy their custom made keyboard, you commissioned them to change and solder out their switches that were. In I, there. I I paid them extra to switch out the um the I believe they were Gateron Ink Blacks, uh for a. For a set of holy pandas, which if is a <laughs> if you don't know what a holy panda is, so DJ, I, I'm I'm gonna tell you also what this is. <laughs> a holy holy panda is like the end game of switches, quote unquote again, like end game. But it was it was kind of like um, they took two really good parts of two different switches um, that were not very good because of their other parts. So they took the best parts and got rid of the worst parts and put two switches together to make the holy panda and that's why they're called holy yes because of the they, they're called holy because of the halo stems um in the center and then the the pandas it's a the uh the uh drop pa holy pandas but uh since then i i did terry is right i did commission this board <laughs> <laughs> it went from a one hundred and like thirty dollar board to being around a two hundred and like ten two hundred and twenty dollar board. I can't remember exactly the amount, but um, I, it's coming in real soon. Uh, it's shipped, and I'm really excited about it. the uh, The person that I bought it from was very helpful. She actually uh, posted uh, a video of a board that she did um just before that with uh, switches that are of the similar quality to the Holy Pandas, but she didn't they, they didn't have pandas in it. Um, I think they were Duroc uh, T1s, I think. Uh, something like that. But uh, yeah, it sounds great. And uh, it was basically just to show that she knows what she's doing when it comes to like lubing the switches. And um, yeah, I was super excited about that. But then I started doing some more research into it. And I, was, I realized uh, Holy Pandas are called uh, Franken switches because they're taking, they take multiple switches and put them together, kind of like Frankenstein's yep, monster. That's exactly what yeah, we were talking about. And... Oh. Um, I that's when I really got into the the um the interest of the mechanical keyboards. Uh I started looking into possibly making my own Franken switches, which led me to want to build my own keyboard with uh like soldering my own PCB, lubing my own switches, uh getting a set of caps that I really like, a deck that I or a board that I really like, uh, like a case. Um yeah, I've, I've I've been looking into it a lot, and I've I've made a couple of purchases. Right now, I've got some uh, boba uh, U4Ts in on the way, some glorious pandas on the way. Um, I've got uh, I've got some uh, films on the way, so that I could uh, I, I can I can cap off the key, uh, the keycaps or not the keycaps, the uh, switches. Uh, needless to say, in the span <laughs> in the span of like two weeks. I've spent around $500 on keyboards. A little oh, over $500. It's closer to $600. I think, I think uh, DJ heard all that stuff and fainted for a little while. DJ, are you back? <laughs> are you here? So I, I didn't faint because 
it was the it was the ringing in the ear, right? Like sort of like you're about to pass out. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like 500 in a couple weeks. Like if you had said anything over a thousand, I probably would have fainted. But um, no, no, no. Okay, fair enough. In but all 500, fairness, I'm like, <laughs> right? I mean, like, and this is like, it's a hobby, you know? Like I'm paying this money so that I can I can experiment and I can do stuff. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> yeah, and you're not hurting anyone by doing it. But what I will say is, um, I I do think that if you're able to resell some of the stuff that you have, then hmm. definitely try and do that as as soon as you can. Yeah, well, it's it's funny on the on the subject of that actually. You know the uh, the so the 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 keyboard that we both bought. Like originally, I got them because I was like, oh, I really I, I bought that keyboard because I wanted the keycaps, not necessarily the board. Mm -hmm. Um, but. Terry's got me uh, looking into uh, a DSA keycaps, which is like a, the type of profile, the way the keycaps like, look. And I've really kind of fallen in love with them. I'm having a really hard time finding some that I like but I, uh, that are in stock. But um, I'm considering just reselling my board. <laughs> what? Just, really? Yeah, just because I, I really think the, um, the shape of the keys will give the... Um, I'm gonna make some holy bobas. <laughs> I, th I really think the shape of the whole of the keycaps with the holy bobas will make a really nice thock noise. Oh, and yeah, you're also thinking about running a contest for your old keyboard, right? <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. I'm thinking about uh, like uh, maybe uh, running a contest to give away my uh, my Corsair uh, 68, I believe. That's Maybe gonna be even... really cool. We're, yeah. we'll, we'll follow up with what we can't say where it is, you know, on the podcast. <laughs> we'll say we'll fill you in on whether or not Ryan follows through on. on <laughs> absolutely, so that's gonna be exciting. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, and it, it's mostly just to like solidify the uh, moving on to bigger and better keyboards, or rather, smaller and smaller keyboards. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to get mine and just see what the hype is about. See how yeah. more quiet these mx black are supposed to be compared to the keyboard that i have um well your keyboard isn't even a mechanical so yes, yes it, we it, learned it, that yeah, wait it, is that true it is true i'm, I'm fairly certain at least wait, I, I what is your keyboard? Click, click the link click the link in uh show notes i'm pretty sure it's a membrane isn't it is um, that true i'm gonna be I devastated we, you did mention that so I'm I'm pretty dumb. I don't really know like all the like tech specs, but uh, <laughs> this doesn't say Romer G. I'm literally going to bust. I'm it going to Mech bust dome. a blood vessel. Mech dome. Okay, yeah, they're dome. The dome keys. I'm 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 busting a blood vessel right now. I'll see you guys in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so, the 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 difference between the keyboard you're using right now and the keyboard you're about to get is going to be astronomical, including the fact that the switches you're getting are linear switches. They're MX blacks, I believe. Um, blacks are pretty good as far as um, cherries go. Like, uh, like I said, they don't, they're not a bad company. They were just like the only company for the longest time. So giving people the ability to have options kind of made everybody stray away from them. But I think you're going to be very surprised at how much you enjoy the mechanical keyboard. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, honestly, uh, I, I don't know. What, do you, what are you expecting, DJ? Let's can we ask that? I think that's a good way to like have you express what you feel about this whole hobby. And I'm expecting how... that when I type, you won't be able to hear it in the microphone. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so his expectations are very low. <laughs> I turn on noise suppression, you know, especially for Discord. So same, uh, same. I made sure that that never happens. 
Yeah, Discord's current noise suppression is so much better than their previous, like uh, in uh, like like uh, rollouts of those. It used to be terrible. Like if you turned on noise suppression, it would cut out just your regular speaking words. But they've really toned it in, so it's it, it is genuinely good at what it does now. I'm still trying to get over the fact that he's using a Mechdone keyboard. I'm sorry, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like what what do you what else? Are you, I know you're gonna you're, you can't say something like oh I this is gonna be like the god of all keyboards. Like you're you won't you won't have like fatigue in your fingers anymore or something like that. But like what is there anything else that you're expecting out of this? Um, I honestly. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I honestly don't know. Like I told you, I'm like pretty ignorant to like keyboards. And is stuff like is that, customization so. going to be something for you? Like, is that something you're considering? I mean, you, I know technically right. you are, but so I would say right now, customization is probably. I'll probably just keep it uh, factory how it comes to me. Stock. Uh, stock what did yeah. you guys call it? Yeah, stock. stock. Yeah. Um, I'll probably just keep it stock. And like again, like we were kind of talking about, like everyone's in interested in different things. I'm not a car person, so I don't customize my car. I don't sure. yeah. I don't get a fancy car. But then, you know, people that are car people, they'll get a fancy car, they'll customize their car. I'm not a keyboard person, so I probably won't customize my keyboard or get like a too fancy one. But um but you know, I, I'm I'm interested to see how this will be and how different this will be. I don't ever see myself customizing one and you can hold me to this. Again, you can hold me to this if I start buying custom keys, everything. The baby Yoda wouldn't even have been for me. It would have been for my partner. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> so even that wouldn't have been like me customizing it just for me. It would have been just like me customizing it for them. But mm -hmm. I'm excited to see I'm just excited to see how how different it's gonna be. And I feel like it definitely helps that <laughs> the stimulus check is coming because I can, you know, <laughs> buy something like a keyboard and not not be like, you know. Like, oh god, all this money. It's like, exactly, well yeah. I can I can I can go on without this eighty. Exactly. Oh, it's like, okay, another yeah. check is on the way. Like my my one piece of advice for you is uh don't type mechanical keyboards into YouTube. <laughs> and you'll be okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mean? Yeah. That's a really big part of this. So uh, this hobby is super hard to understand and hard to get into unless you, you have really good resources to, to help you do that. And I think the, one of the best resources is honestly r slash mech, uh, there's two r slash mech market on Reddit and r slash mechanical keyboards. Um, generally these communities are really, really friendly. Uh, you might find the mechanical keyboards um, committee kind of like a uh, key committee. It's kind of like a little bit uppity because that's just some people spend like two or three thousand dollars on their keyboard and they're on there showing their off their builds. But like uh, generally everyone's really, really friendly and uh, they'll help you um, purchase your keyboard or, or purchase from them. Uh, I had a really good experience with the person who, who built my keyboard that was buying to me. He, he flashed the keyboard, which means he programmed it for me because I literally didn't understand what that meant. Oh. And um, Brian, you also had said you had a good experience with the guy that I, you really I mean, bought yours, right? I mean, I've so in the past couple of weeks, I've interacted with probably six or seven different people from uh, Mech Market, and I can say all of my experiences are very smooth. They're very fast to respond to you, and they're willing, like they they're they're willing to bend over backwards for you. Like the the woman that's building my keyboard, literally is changing the way the keyboard was originally built so that I can have the keys that I wanted. And she's lubing all of the switches, which is a time-consuming process for me. So, like, I think the people in this community respect everybody else, regardless of whether you're willing to spend $80 on a keyboard or you're willing to spend thousands of dollars on a keyboard. They're just, they're, they're happy that you're interested in it. 
Well, what I will say is, again, I'm not like a key caps person or keyboard person, but the one in particular that you guys did show me that I would, I don't remember the exact price that you guys said it was selling at right now, but I would have spent hundreds of dollars on that. Like I probably would have spent like $300 on that if it was still selling was actually the Boba Fett keyboard. Like when you guys showed me that oh, one, yeah. I was like, that one is actually very impressive. Like, again, I'm, uh, even if I don't like an industry and art, whatever it is, um, if I see something that's like what I would consider excellence. I, I have nothing, like, I just revere it. I'm like, I do feel like that Boba Fett keyboard, like, I would have spent $300 on that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much it's selling for now. How much was it selling for now? I saw the keycaps for, like, $550 the other day. Yeah, I'm priced out, but I would have bought it for, I would have bought it for, like, you know, like, $250 or $300. Would have been, $300 would have been my absolute max bid before someone outbid me. They sold on uh, Drop, or not Drop, uh, they, they, there was a Drop? They, they sold for like $200 off the bat, right? Novel, novel Keys, right? Novel Keys was 225, 225 but that's not including shipping. Uh, mm -hmm. So I actually bought these for 200 flat with no shipping. Uh, wow, that's so, a steal. Yeah, 200 flat and now they're like 510, so... So that, you have that, the Boba Fett Keys? Yeah, I have them on my keyboard. Mm -hmm. The whole, didn't you say you were missing a few? No, 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 no. That was uh, a different one. The The holy grail of all keycaps for me and Ryan is the Star Wars Orbesh ones, where some guy was oh. selling it for, like, last week for 190 and um, that was pretty much unheard of. You can't find those keycaps. So, I think we can, I could, we could segue into, like, if you want to get into mechanical keyboards, this is what you should do. So, first off, get rid of a rubber dome keyboard. I'm sorry, like, it's, if you're using that, you are literally hindering yourself. Um, it's it's just the the typing experience is it's I don't even know how to like articulate the words, but it is I guess the best it is quite literally night and day going from a um like a rubber dome keyboard to a mechanical keyboard. The feedback is so much better. And number two, I think um like a good starter board. So right now, uh, we're. The, the keyboards that actually all of us bought are Varmillo keyboards, um, and they're pretty much considered the gold standard for pre-built keyboards. They are literally the number one keyboard uh, you could buy that isn't a custom-made keyboard. So I would definitely look into that. Oh, if you can find Ryan, them. Ryan, do you want to warn them of which key, uh, which switch they should avoid? Because there is one that that it's it's not a bad switch in its own right, but y if you love. If you live with anyone you love, you do not want to have this switch. So, Ryan, do you want to talk about which one we're talking about? Sorry, I couldn't hear you over the sound of the MX Blues clicking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> or are you talking about the Scrapey Browns? <laughs> Whoa! Oh, okay, Browns Browns is different, alright? Don't attack the so if you, like, That's a joke about r slash uh, mechanical keyboards. They hate Browns. Uh, that You can find out about that yourself. <laughs> and we're not going to go about that joke, but uh, MX but blues, blues are notoriously loud. Notorious. They're so loud, my roommate used to, with my door closed, he would say, dude, your keyboard's fucking loud. <laughs> yeah, it is, so, like, genuinely, it is a nice, it is a nice switch. It sounds really nice, but it is so loud. It pings. And, like, Terry's not joking when you say you can hear it from, like, the other room. They are aggressive. <laughs> so, I definitely... I was yeah, a little ahead. confused. So what I will say is I, I do now remember, Terry, that you said that you were able to read like um, a Mandalorian hat based off of your keyboard. So I do remember now that you did have the Boba Fett keyboard. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I could. Um, yeah, the, it's really cool because now that's, that the Mandalorians are really, really uh, popular, 
you know, they, I have extra functionality based on this. So <laughs> the value will probably keep going up. Probably it's crypto. It's crypto button keyboard form. <laughs> That's actually a lot of how how mechanical keyboards work right now. If you want something physical that is kind of has the same value as as crypto, definitely go to Mech Market and see what. Yeah, you can it's, they're basically they're they're privately traded. Basically, a majority of the things that you'll you'll acquire through uh, mechanical keyboards is yeah, going go to, to be privately traded. Search Key Cult, right? Search a Key Cult <laughs> keyboard, right? Go to that website and see what they're selling. Keep and up, right. yeah, so these are raffled off like they have 165s. They have like maybe maybe less than 100 of these boards made and you have to enter a raffle to get these. They initially cost $600 that are resold for $2,000. So that to me is kind of like the same thing as crypto. This is basically an NFT but in keyboard form. <laughs> so it's a physical NFT. Uh, no, yeah, that, that, that's a great example of it, honestly. We'll see. We'll see NFT keyboards soon. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual <laughs> keyboards. Um, oh, but uh, going back to getting getting on to the uh, like 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 the hobby of mechanical keyboards, uh, I think some other great options um, that are like pre built. Um, if you're if you if you do get feel like you might be interested in um, switching out switch like like literally changing your switches up. Uh, like I am, I think the uh, like GMMK, they definitely make the best keyboard for that right now. Unless uh, them and Drop, uh, for as far as the um, hot swappable keyboards go, where you don't have to solder in them because that's a whole other aspect. Um, and uh, as well as like the Anpros and the Duckies, I think those are probably some of the best options when it comes to pre-built keyboards right now that you can gain you can get access to still. Yeah, I guess. Do we want to transition into our because we're talking about NFTs? Do we want to talk transition on our third subject of today's podcast? Yeah, I love you. Do you? Well, yeah. I mean, NFTs have been a hot topic around the world. I think, especially since people, I, I know, I, like, you know, I was kind of explaining to these guys who people was. He's an NFT. He's a digital artist, and his NFT just sold for sixty nine million dollars, making him the third. Um, the third highest selling artist in the world that's alive right now. So that like catapulted him into like mainstream celebrity stardom now. Um, and people's been selling uh, his everydays. He's been selling NFT art for a while now. I actually tried to enter a giveaway that my buddy had told me about and I didn't win it, which is unfortunate because <laughs> that giveaway art is now selling for like $100,000. But um, yeah, NFTs have been the hot topic, the hot commodity. And I'm sure you guys have heard of NFTs. If you haven't heard about NFTs, they're basically non-fungible non tokens. Um, I don't know how to speak English, so if I pronounce it wrong, excuse me. <laughs> but <laughs> basically what it means is that it's unique. And so uh, NFTs in particular, I think the best way I can say it is like, you buy this one thing, the blockchain writes down that you've bought that one thing. And then if you're going to exchange that one thing, the blockchain writes down when that thing is exchanged. And so there's a public ledger of who created it and where it belongs now. Um, and so that is giving value to a lot of things. There's actually a lot of interesting things going on in the NFT world. Like uh, Cardano is actually working with New Balance to make NFTs for the shoes. Because I don't know if you guys know about this, but the shoe market is actually like a pretty heavily um, counterfeited market. So if New Balance makes, you know, if they collaborate with uh, LeBron James, for example, that's probably a bad example because he 
he probably works with Nike, but if they collaborate with a famous celebrity of some sort and they make a shoe for them, they can um, put an NFT code at the bottom of that shoe. Um, so someone can look up that exact shoe and see what the history of that shoe was and see if it actually came from New Balance. So I think that that's interesting. I think that there's a lot of potential there as far as like transcribing real products with the NFTs. Um, I'm going to start with digital art, though, because I know that that's been a controversial so subject amongst a lot of people online because they say, well, you know, why would I buy? OK, I'm going to back up for two seconds. CryptoPunks and hash masks right now are like the two most popular um, NFT digital art forms. And people would say, why would I buy this, you know, 150 by 150? I don't know how big it actually is. I'm just going to guess that. Um, pixel art, that's a JPEG. If I can just right click save as and I have it on my desktop. But the counter argument to that is, uh, you know, you can print a picture of the Mona Lisa in your printer. That doesn't mean that you own the Mona Lisa. Um, so I think that we are, we as a society have ascribed a lot of value to people who have ownership over something that's original and NFTs, we will slowly see over time, NFTs will become the digital way of quote unquote flexing on someone and showing that you're wealthy. Sometimes wealthy people buy something literally just to like, not necessarily show off, but just to like, let other people know I live a comfortable life. Um, and I, that's not me like criticizing it at all. That's just me like giving some, some factual, um, some factual basis for this. But do you guys have anything to add on that before I continue to talk for forever? <laughs> well, I definitely think as far as NFT goes, you're definitely our, uh, our guru, so to speak. But, um, I guess on, on the subject of, uh, flexing on people, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with the reason why I'm just not, uh, like, I mean, you can ask anybody that knows me. I'm a huge proponent of cryptocurrencies. Um, I have been, and I continue to be. Um, like, I, I believe they are our future. Um, and I, 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 I believe that there's some uh, validity to, like, like, the statements you talk about, how, like, this will be the, the future of flexing. But uh, I guess, to me, I've never been one to be interested in, like, the flex, so to speak. So, like, when it comes to NFTs, I've never been, I mean, at least, I've, I've never been is a hard way to say it because it's very new to me. But, um... So, let, what me, you... let me rephrase it. Mm -hmm. All right. So, in a video game, you don't flex on people when you have, like, a custom skin or a custom item or something rare. Like, you don't just kind of AFK in, you know, the biggest city to show off that you have this rare weapon that other people don't have? No. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Never done Fair that enough. before. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's not something I'm genuinely interested in or I've ever done or I've ever been interested in. So, like, when, I, when I'm confronted with things like these, uh, they just don't make sense to me. They don't seem viable because I get that people are into that, but it just has it, it for me personally. I guess I'm the pessimist in this, in this part, in these regards. But um, to me personally, like it just it does nothing really sticks on uh, as far as that goes to me. Like I, I I think there is some validity to what you're talking about. Like like I think there is going to be a future in NFTs. But for the for what I do when I'm like say for instance playing video games, it just doesn't really make sense to do uh, as opposed to just playing my regular game. You know. So you don't ever buy like custom skins or in Call of Duty or anything. Like you don't just, you don't buy anything in any games. Hmm. 
No, not really. I mean, I bought I bought extra content to ESO, but that's so I could buy content for game. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's always anomalies to anything. Um, yeah, but like I think I, that most people, especially like as the world becomes more digital, and we've seen with the obviously with the coronavirus, people are spending more time online and more time on games. Yeah, having custom cosmetics on a game is another way of getting individuality with someone's digital self. And this is like, this is like. The digital self as a whole is like a, a giant thing uh, that there's academic papers on, so I can't go too much into detail on that. But um, the individuality of a human being is is so unique to each human being. And like you're saying, I know that you've mentioned one of the ways that you get your individuality is literally in like the keyboard too. Some that, people... That's what I was thinking. That's actually super interesting. The fact that Ryan is someone who wants to spend money on physical and ownership type things that people will never may never see right they mean it yeah but also you're you're the type of person dj who is concerned about you know the digital status and i think that's actually really cool either way you know look at it it's it's about expressing oneself so yeah that's super true yeah so, i don't kind of so, middle, so but the yeah. digital status doesn't drive what i do yeah for sure yeah, yeah but yeah. it's it's always like it's always somewhat of a consideration like if i like something and literally everyone else hates it um if it's something that only exists in my home, then I'm still going to get it. But if it's something that I do have, like a piece of clothing, for example, like if I have to go in, into the world and, and they see it on me and I and I know that everyone is going to hate it and only I like it, then I probably won't wear it just because it's something that the, the world will see. But if it's something that just yeah. exists in my home, then I'll get whatever I like. But I do I do care about what other people think only when I'm only when it's when other people are definitely going to see it, you know? Yeah, see, for me, I'm I'm almost the polar opposite. I do things that I like, and that I, I like, like, like that's like for the keyboard, for instance. Like, like who who's gonna see the keyboard? Your guy, you guys are probably gonna see the keyboard. That's about it. When I fit it, when I build my custom keyboard, like oh, we don't see it like every <laughs> single day. Yeah, no, yeah, but I, exactly. But I mean, like once I once I build it, like I'll probably send you a picture of it because you know you guys know about it. <laughs> you're, yeah. Like you're gonna know <laughs> about the journey to it, but I'm not gonna be like showing it off or anything. You know, it's just gonna be like right, I finally yeah. did it. I mean, like the clothes that I wear, I wear the clothes because I like them, not because I think somebody else is going to like somebody's going to see me on the street and they're going to be like, oh, I like his style or like, oh, I don't I don't agree with that shirt that he's wearing. I don't really care about that stuff, you know? So like it, that is really interesting because <laughs> to think about the difference between like the way I the way I do it and you do it, DJ. Well, no, but so so what I like there, but what I, I want to word it in a way like everything I do, I want to be doing and I like it. Yeah, it's just if I'm picking between two things, I like both of them and I'm choosing the one that I think that the public will like a little bit more just because I've I, like dealing with public scrutiny and like shame. Like there's, there's all of these subconscious social factors. And again, this gets into like, this is, this is like all like communication theory stuff. Um, there's all of these subconscious things where I'm like, if I know that I can just not deal with any of that by picking the thing that more people will find appealing that I also like, then I will choose that thing. See, in contrast to that, I almost do the thing that I know for a fact I like more for the sole purpose of if anybody else likes it, I'll connect with that person as opposed to the masses, you know? Because mm -hmm. then it's like it's on a deeper level for me, which means like I find somebody that genuinely likes something that I enjoy. Like a good, a good example is like Donnie Darko. I showed you that the other day. Yep. And that is a movie that I hold near and dear to my heart. I literally watch it every month. Um, that is my favorite movie. And like, if I find somebody that loves Donnie Darko as much as I do, like, that's great, you know, as opposed to somebody that's like, oh, they love the, like, like, uh, like Marvel's a huge thing. I'm a huge Marvel fan. I love all the movies, right? 
But I think if I find somebody that likes Donnie Darko, I'm going to connect more with them than somebody that likes a Marvel movie. Because I, I don't really think that that's like a one in one comparison. Well, I'm just talking about like, I'm talking about specifically in my for me. Yeah, like, no, I get what I you're like, saying, but, but like yeah. what I'm saying also is that like everything I do, I like and I want to do. Does that like do you kind of get what I'm saying too? Oh, I I'm totally just like get what it you're just, saying. If if that's like the last deciding factor, then that's what it comes down to. Like, yeah, I still like it and I still enjoy everything I'm doing and I still like want to do it because it's I find it like as a part of me but mm-hmm. like if like if that's what it comes down to then that's what it, like if i have to choose between two different items and it comes down to that then i'm choosing based on that whereas i get what you're saying you're not choosing based on that you're just choosing like at the end of the day what you would like in public or in behind closed door you're choosing what you would like behind closed doors even if it's going to seem be seen in public i'm choosing what would be more appealing to the public if i have to show it to the public but then i'm choosing what would be more appealing behind closed doors if i just can have it closed door behind closed doors I'm not trying to say that you're like, you're changing what you like, public versus private. Uh, I, cause like, I, I totally agree that you, like, you could have two equal things that you like, e- like legitimately equally, like the color red and the color blue. Exactly. Yeah. You think that people are going to like the color red more, you're going to go outside with the color red more. It's not because you Ex- like the exactly. color red more. It's just because you might as well do that. Whereas in my mind, if I like the color red and the color blue, I'll probably just flip a coin. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Whatever."> <laughs> yep <laughs> like the the out the public opinion isn't a thought in my mind you know no i so i i get you but i guess what i'm trying to say with nfts is that like the it's not so much uh, no i guess it does kind of come down to public opinion but like with nfts like i just see so much potential for them in the long run to be the modern day flex and like this is not just my opinion this is like what gary vaynerchuk has said this is what like a lot of like media sources have said um there is no way to flex online but nfts give us that possibility to flex online and so you know once we start talking about video games too then we have this whole other layer of like if i'm in world of warcraft i'll use that as an example because that's like the game that i grew up playing and i see someone that has that rare spectral tiger you know, that mount, that was a mount that was sold in the World of, the Warcraft trading card game. And uh, ever since that mount was released, it's so rare in the game. Pe- that card sells for thousands of dollars. And then um, people literally have sold their account for thousands of dollars. I'm actually going to use an example that I just mentioned um, in like a video. But the uh, the CEO of Mythical Games, he was bringing up an example of Fortnite. So like they sold this marshmallow skin um, for like... I have that. Or whatever. <laughs> You yes. have the marshmallow skin. <laughs> I do. Well, that Fortnite Fortnite accounts with the marshmallow skin now sell for hundred resell for hundreds of dollars because they haven't put the marshmallow skin back up on the store and people want the marshmallow skin. And that's like another example of where NFTs would be the perfect use case because instead of people having to sell their whole account, you just ascribe every skin to the blockchain and then they can just sell the skin and still keep their account. They don't, you know. And so that I think so that funny. I could I could see how that could be useful. I can get behind that because you there used to be a huge thing where people would like make accounts and then sell them for games. Like I remember that being a huge thing back in the day. Like literally you could go on eBay and find like a World of Warcraft account. Well, it still happens, especially for, so it, it still happens. Like I could probably sell my World of Warcraft account for a good amount of money. The Spectral Tiger, I'm glad that you brought it up because that exact, that mount right there. Yeah. If your account I'm just trying to give that, references. Yeah. You could definitely sell it for thousands of dollars without a doubt. It's so yeah. rare. But again, I feel like that goes against like the the um, 
Because a lot of games build like um, Soulbound into their game. Okay, so um, with the Spectral Tiger, it's like that's a that's a perfect example. That like that would sell for thousands. Your account would sell for thousands, and selling an account is against most games' terms of service. So instead of that, we should just have everything be an NFT, and then you can resell it. And so this flexing factor becomes more of a gamer thing. And I think that's the way that the world is moving right now, where the flex is more of like a digital gamer thing. Whereas like a rich person's probably gonna just flex in real life with like a Rolls Royce or whatever. But like if they're a gamer, they're gonna have like the best, the coolest mount or the best looking transmog for armor. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 I, I, I just yeah. I mean, I, I can agree. I'm, it's funny because I literally find myself in between you guys because I'm someone who has the anime skin in Call of Duty because it's it's oppressive <laughs> and it's funny to kill people with and see their reactions with. Yeah. Um, but I'm also someone that spent thousands, yeah, about a thousand dollars on this keyboard. So, like, I'm literally smack dab in the middle where I buy my stuff for myself, but I also buy stuff to be seen. Um, and I just think that's a really interesting aspect that we'll have to see like how it grows over time as well it's not really something that we'll it, it's this market is it's really new genuinely um yeah. so we'll just have to see you know how it grows it's kind of like our slash uh mech market you know so it'll it'll just continue to grow in that aspect and who knows i mean i'm i may become like the like like appraiser of nfts in the future I've only heard, I've only known about them for about a month, you know? So like, as it stands right now, I'm kind of like meh about the whole thing, but I do acknowledge that there's something to it, you know? There's something to everything when it comes to like uh, decentralization of like everything, you know? If you're taking it out of the, uh, the company's hands, like, oh, you know, only if you get it, it's got to be yours. Well, why? Why can't I sell it to somebody else? So no, like I, I completely agree. Uh, that's one thing that I, I am behind. Like you should be able to trade whatever you want whenever you want when it comes full to full ownership. Games. Yeah, yeah, full. It's full ownership. Yeah, I've never been a big soulbound fan, you know. Um, but uh, well, especially because the Spectral Tiger literally was like like they had to buy something with real currency to get like the trading cards to get the lucky code. Like so, like you're saying, like it should be tradable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they had to spend real money to get it. So that that's like that's somewhere where I can like kind of I can sympathize with that. You know, I'm like, I, I, I understand that and I can get behind that. But for like a majority of it, I'm kind of just like, meh. But we've already discussed why that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, you yeah. see the use case more so in gaming than you do in art. Um, yeah. But I think but what we'll sorry, I'll let you finish. No, I was just gonna say, I'm also not the kind of person that would go out and spend like a thousand, uh, like, like, like a hundred thousand dollars on a piece of art. Even if I had the money, I don't know if I would do that. Right, so, like, yeah. that's just another thing where it's like, I'm just not that interested in the quote unquote flex. You know what I mean? So, like, it's hard for me to. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. And, like, with. So, I, I actually want a hash mask. I think that's like the, the one NFT that um, I want a CryptoPunk at some point, but I want a hash mask. And there it's definitely outside of my price range right now because it's over one ethereum which is like over two thousand dollars and i i just can't justify spending that much on art right now uh i say right now the most that i've ever spent on art is probably three hundred dollars and that's like on a physical painting that's in my house so spending any more than that on something that i can't physically hang up it's it is hard to justify well i don't think you have to justify anything like it's if it's something you want and it's something you like 
I don't think there should have to be a required just. You shouldn't have to mm -hmm. be able to justify. You shouldn't have to justify. Like, who, who are you well, justifying I'm justifying too, it with right? myself. I'm justifying it with myself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like it's hard for me to look at a hash mask and see five Ethereum and be like ten thousand dollars. Like, I'm gonna know. look up hash mask actually. I, uh, so just I posted it in, it in show notes. Oh, okay. But if you want to look at like the marketplace, the... but yeah, um, I I think. Well, do we want to talk about Blancos? I think. Blancos yes. for me is something that I'm really easy. I'm. It's easier for me to get into because it's not just something you hang up in your house, or yes. it's not just something that it's online. It's it's a little it's bit different. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about Blancos now, DJ? Because you're actually a Blancos content creator now. <laughs> yes. Uh, with, no. With a little help. <laughs> it was a little, my ghost, my ghost writer slash manager here, Toxic Terry. Um. <laughs> So I've actually been following Blancos since 2018, and I tried to find the earliest moment I can remember of finding Blancos, but I can't. All I, the only proof that I have to give of you is that I have like the 300th, 330 whatever issue of um, the Camo J, which was a e free email sign up Blancos. But um, I have been following Blancos from the very beginning because I used to follow this cryptocurrency called EOS because Dan Laramere, um, the the one of the people that was really big on the EOS project, I was following his work and. Um, the more research I did on EOS and like projects that were being built on EOS, it actually led me into finding Blancos. And so ever since then, I've I've kept my eyes and ears on Blancos and what was happening with Blancos. But I hadn't. I I got a lot of uh, distractions from like just you know everyday life stuff that kept me from actually like fully diving into Blancos. And in hindsight, I'm like, man, it's unfortunate because I really would have wanted a founders pack, but. I can't beat myself up, you know, it's easier, you know, it's easier to always just like look back and be like, I should have, could have, would have, but I didn't. So here we are now. Um, Terry actually recently mentioned Blanco, or I think I mentioned, I can't remember Terry, how did, how did we come up on the conversation of Blancos? Like when we first, when I was like, oh, you should download it. Um, I think you were talking about that you were looking through your emails and you talked about that you had an NFT from something that you you followed super early and then i was like oh yeah i did also follow them early 2020 um so you had like two years on me but we also both knew what we we're talking about i think um which was cool so um i'm kind of in between skepticism and also super excitement for nfts because i know that there's a lot of potential so blancos is a perfect example of something that has a lot of potential um in in my personal opinion because uh it's it's something that a lot of companies could use and i think a lot of companies should use so nfts are a digital right now with the way blancos works blancos are a digital vinyl figure and that's it right but there is a digital shelf and so something like funkos is something i i don't really collect i purchase you know some that i really really like so one thing that companies should look into doing is adding an NFT aspect to create a digital shelf. Because not everyone wants to keep a physical item. Not everyone wants to keep a digital item. But they could also, you know, kind of kind of get, either give these away or sell them. And I think that's a really cool aspect. Because um, these companies are, are kind of like passing up on a second way of getting a, a income, you know, with NFTs. Uh, I think if... Well, we'll see a lot of things shift towards nfts shortly uh what and do you think Jay? well so i i also like the idea of 
NFTs almost like reward early adopters and early adopters are people that are willing to take the risk and spend money on this game or this project that they believe in. And so it's, so, so I'll use World of Warcraft as an example. Like they released these mounts that were the epic level mounts, but unarmored very early on in World of Warcraft. And you cannot get those mounts anymore. They they changed them entirely. So there's like, that is even more rare now. Um, and so people that were very, very early adopters of World of Warcraft and, and grinded really hard to get those mounts, those accounts are now worth like, tens of thousands of dollars. But um, I, I do like the direction in which Blancos is going. I really believe in the Blancos project. When I first saw Blancos, like it, uh, for like for some background, I made Roblox content for some years. And when I first saw Blancos, it immediately grabbed my attention way more than Roblox was able to. I can definitely see this as a game that like parents will want to play with their kids because they'll be enjoying it. Like I can see it as a family game. Um, there's a lot of interesting elements of Blancos and the NFT aspect, like you were saying, like the Funkos, the shelf aspect of it, only adds this extra layer that people then want to collect the Blancos. And you're collecting a Blancos that you're playing. And then, so like me, for example, I, I literally was just talking about, I was going to buy Roblox stock. Um, but I said, you know, $45, I feel like, I feel like a $40 billion valuation of Roblox is, is too high, if you're asking me. I'm not a financial advisor. I feel like it's too high as someone that played Roblox for years. And... Um, I was like, you know what? I I'll, could could just invest in this thing that's been in my face, that I know about it, that I believe in. This they have a really good team. I want to see them succeed. And so instead of that, I've been buying up Blancos and I've been buying um, the EOS coin, which is a whole another side topic we can talk about later. But um, I've been buying I've been buying a lot of Blancos, and so I'm collecting a lot of, in particular, Xantar right now. And so if that does become like a rare thing later on, like I'll be able to do giveaways for that or like you know sell that at a higher value. But um, I. Th I don't know. I believe in NFTs. I, I think it's the future. And I think that it really rewards like earlier adopters. Like the, this game is now, I'm sure they're getting way more revenue from having the idea of this being like a rare concept than they would if, you know, people were like, oh, this will just be on the store again in a little bit. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot of potential in this. That That's the, the, the big word here is potential. Um, so you even convinced Ryan to try out Blancos, and he he had a, a <laughs> not a skating review of it, but he had an interesting insight on that. Uh, it was a game. Have you tried Roblox? Uh, yes. No. Okay, so now we need to get him to try Roblox and see which one he likes. <laughs> oh that one. God! Well, so <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I have more to say about EOS than I do Blancos, just because I. Uh, I own or I, I I've interacted with EOS a little bit. I was a fan of the way they um they did their mining system, but that's that's another that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I mean, you could talk about it because like I I feel like that's a I feel like that's a decent part of it. And when I was watching the um the interview that the that they had with the CEO when he was launching Blanco, Blancos, um he did mention that they're on a private EOS blockchain right now, and yeah. that when they launch to the main when they launch the public marketplace, which honestly could be within a few days. We have no idea because they said it's spring and spring is in five days from now. Um, granted, I don't think it'll be the first day of spring, but you know, it, we, we, we don't know when this marketplace is launching, but they said spring and, it, and I believe them when they say it because they haven't really said anything that they haven't fulfilled. So uh, they always like kind of fulfill what they say. But so with EOS, um, I know that that, I've personally also been doing more research into EOS just because I, full disclosure, just being transparent, the blockchain is very transparent. Um, I just put $1,000 into EOS today because I, the more I kept learning about Blancos, the more I kept learning about the private chain it's on with EOS. And I was like, okay, well, if it launches mainnet EOS 
and EOS actually does start to become a thing, I could definitely, I, personally, I could see it surpassing Ethereum's market cap. However, again, I'm not a financial advisor and nobody really truly knows what's going to happen at the end of the day. That's just me being uh, a wishful thinker. That's just me being a wishful thinker. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, so EOS is the, uh, it's, the entrepreneurial operating system and the the thing that i liked the most about it when it came to their um their just the mining practices was that um it kind of lets anybody be good at it because like you can have like an industrial mining farm like an operating like an operation going on and you could just be joe schmo in his like his mom's basement running a uh, a 1080 mining rig um and you have as much a chance as getting like like mining the block as the person in the mining facility because it's chosen at random based off of who's in the pool who gets the the block um and that's so that it's decentralized so that there can they can like like one one group of people can't like have a stranglehold on the like the mining operation itself so they can basically it's kind of like being a like a like a like a majority shareholder at that point you know they get to decide what happens to the blockchain um so like i really liked the way they did that because it let anybody have access to it you know so well so what i will i will counteract and say and again i'm not like a coder or like a very techie person but what i will say mm -hmm. is in all the information in all the information i saw um in particular i watched a lot of coin bureau videos and he said that mm -hmm. like the biggest controversy with eos right now is actually that it has a lower number of network nodes and a higher voting power for those network nodes and so people are skeptical because they think that's less decentralized well, the problem with it is, which is what I was about to get to, is that no, no, not, no, no, enough, no, no, no. not enough people are mining it. <laughs> well, but so, but so was, like, mm -hmm. sorry, I'm gonna let you finish. No, no, go on. Well, I, I was just saying like the, there, there's two ways to like look at that. And I think that when we're talking about cryptocurrencies in particular, being a very early adopter, centralization isn't always a bad thing. Yeah. Um, you know, because it means that once regulation gets involved, since it's centralized, regulation the regulators, the governments, will be more willing to work with it. Um, no, and I think we've seen that with EOS. Like they they're trading on Coinbase. I think anything trading on Coinbase, you know, they're clearly <laughs> working with regulators, right? Like, well, I, I think it's more of a, a hitting the ground running sort of a thing when you have that ability. You know, like if you already have a large group of like 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 centralized people mining it you're already running at a pretty decent efficiency. So when other people start to join in, you're not like, it's not a slog, you know? Well, so I completely agree with that. And that's why I'm saying, like, I, I'm trying to picture Blancos being on the Ethereum blockchain. And mm -hmm. all I picture is chaos. Yeah. Because when someone purchases a Blanco, it, right now, it, it takes about 30 seconds for your Blanco's issue number to register. Um, and that is because it's being written to the blockchain. And once it's written to the blockchain, the oh, game Oh, that just explains... That's why I had a second... Yeah, okay. That explains so, my experience. Oh, okay, yeah. So you didn't see your issue number immediately? Yes. Yeah, so that's exactly why, because it's written to the blockchain. And then like within 30 seconds to a minute, you come back, and then you'll see your issue number. Um, with Ethereum... Also, also, okay, let me, let me backtrack. EOS also is supposed to be a zero-transaction blockchain. With Ethereum... Now we know about the ether gas fees. We know like uh. if if we had Blancos on something like Ethereum, it would just it would be unplayable. Like even even at the small user base that Blancos has right now, if it was on Ethereum, it would literally be unplayable. Like we'd hit buy on a on a ten dollar Blancos, the gas fees we'd be charged like thirty dollars. 
and then it would take like you know 15 minutes <laughs> that, that, that's a real that's a real quick way to get blancos to be um high valued <laughs> they cost so much <laughs> to get in the first place you gotta sell them high <laughs> but so i i think that like for blancos in particular and when we're talking about like s- scalability and a company that needs scalability from the very beginning um i think that eos is it has a it has a decent case going for it so i can see why they chose eos yeah well i guess what I was trying to portray before when, it, when I was talking about how they, how they divvy out their blocks was more saying that it was uh, it gives incentive to mine it, even though like it might not necessarily be a higher profit. You have just as much a chance of getting the entire block as the other Another. person. That yeah. makes sense. So like that, that's just kind of so the way because like that I thought it was more interesting. It's sort of like a it's almost a raffle system. Like you're putting your power towards this uh, this joint goal and random people get the profit of it. And eventually you'll, you might run into some, so it, it's something that would be mine solely for, um, believing in it, you know, would you call that but, luck though? Like I would absolutely call that. Yes. Luck. They, cause they even wrote in the protocol that it's random. Yeah. It's literally random. So like you're, you're mining, you're, you're, you're not, I wouldn't even consider it mining necessarily. I would say you're, you are giving it processing power. Yeah. So they can do this because you believe in it. And eventually you might gain access to something. I like that model because it doesn't force the, oh, I'm doing this purely because it's worth money. I'm doing this because I believe in believe it. In it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's been my whole thing when it comes to cryptocurrencies. If you're mining something, it like obviously, you know, you're you're spending your money doing it. So like you're always looking towards what's going to be the most profitable. But like I think it shouldn't just be what's the most profitable. It should also be what like am I actually looking into these things? Like am I looking into what they're planning on doing? And that's like uh, you guys know this. <laughs> this has been my, my my that's why I'm a big that's why I'm pro crypto because like I I actually I looked into the projects, you know. No, 100%. And and full disclosure, like I said, like I just put a thousand on EOS today. And since I put in, I put in at exactly $4 on the dot. Now it's down 387. But it'll be interesting <laughs> to look back in a few years and see where it's at. But um, I, I do think with a lot of these projects, especially like we're talking about EOS, it will be interesting to see where they are going long term, because I feel like EOS is essentially built for something that needs scalability from the beginning, like Blancos. Whereas like Ethereum, I just, I don't know. I still am very skeptical about the Ethereum scalability when we start talking about ETH 2.0 and, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get where you're coming from when it comes to um, the platform itself. I just think Ethereum had such a good model, but it's been handled poorly. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, I was just going to say that, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, kind of backtracking to Blancos, though, like, I, I do believe in this game, and I do believe that it is bigger than cryptocurrency. I, I believe that, like, it if, if you're going to get into Blancos... It should be because of it being a game first, and then the cryptocurrency NFT aspect should be secondary. And I think that's exactly how like successful, like truly successful NFT projects. I think that's what we're going to see in the in the future. Is like they started as something that actually had like you know utility before you know the NFT aspect was secondary. You know, you kind of get what I'm saying? 
no, that is the perfect way to describe it. If you put if if you're a game first and an NFT second, that means you have a that means you have something. You have a product. You have a reason for doing it. If it's just like a platform to store uh, the Blancos, the vinyls, then it's just a glorified treasure chest. Exactly. And I that's the one thing where I was the most surprised when I played it. Like, unfortunately, it, it's not really it's not really a type of game I play. You know. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's just not what I'm into. I'm into like the ARPGs, you know, or like like the RPG as a whole, really. Um, but uh, I was genuinely surprised at how well built it was when I played it. Like genuinely surprised. Like it is well put together and I think that they have something going for it. But unfortunately, as it stands right now, it's just not really something I'm a big fan of. I know Terry actually has been having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> the creationist game, yeah, I, I think... For the creative act aspect of it, I think it's it's an interesting game, um, but we'll just have to see whether or not that continues to hold up. You know, I think it will. I think especially once they drop mobile and console, I can definitely see this game. There, if you think about it, okay, all right, uh, this is like uh, game theory now at this point. Every year we have so many games being released, but what are the most popular games? I'll start Minecraft that has been around for so long and has had very few updates and has had very few like additional releases on top of like the core game. I don't know about a few updates. I think that's <laughs> okay. That's but you got what I'm saying, but, but you got what I'm saying the core of it being Minecraft. They're is about to release around, a major update, but, but, but like you still get what I'm saying, right? It's like this game that's been around for so long. Like people aren't just hopping onto like the newest, hottest game. They're hopping onto like Minecraft and I, to to an extent, we still see that with Fortnite, even though it's I would consider Fortnite still a newer game because my you know Minecraft's been around since like what two thousand nine. Uh, ten. Yeah, so Minecraft's yeah Minecraft's been around since two thousand ten two thousand eleven ish, and so I think that like even though every year we have all these new games being released, if you have a game that has like a social aspect like Blancos, where it's like hanging out with your friends and playing with your friends, I think that there's so much longevity in that. I really truly believe that like Blanco and again full disclosure I bought some EOS because Blanco stuff's gonna go in the marketplace and I'm buying up Blancos in the hopes that one day I can do giveaways and they'll be worth a lot or I can sell them on the marketplace. Um so just full disclosure everything's transparent we live in a glass house if we're on every blockchain that's not Monero. Um but uh I just I don't know I just truly believe in this project. I really truly believe in Blancos. I have a lot of fun playing it and like Terry and I were just playing with a couple of the Blancos mods and and a, a Blanco streamer, and like, it was just—it was honestly a lot of fun. Like, I actually had so much fun. Like, w I feel part of a community. Like, it's just there's so many positives that I have to it that if it does fail and become nothing, then like I, I don't care it's, because it's I had shame, so much yeah. fun in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I guess it would be—it would be more sad that it failed. But at the end of the day, you were like, you had a good time. Exactly, like you're saying, yeah, it would be a shame if it failed because I, I really want to see it succeed and I want to do whatever I can to help it succeed because, like, not even just from a monetary aspect, but from, like, I really truly see this game being able to bridge the gap between kids and parents as far as, like, game nights of, like, you know, if, if they, you know, say they play the same board game every day, every day and then the parent is like, I don't want to play Roblox, but, like, I'll play, you know, I'll play Blancos with you. And we can race each other in this game, or we can play this shooter game, or we can, you know, we can do this. I, I'm excited to, I'm really excited to see what the future of Blancos is. And especially since there's user-generated content, I know that Terry 
Um, that that's what drew Terry to this game is the <laughs> he, he made Blood Gulch. I worked <laughs> on Blood Gulch in this game. Thank you. But um, <laughs> yeah, to bounce off DJ, I I think if you the number one thing um that I personally believe, I don't know if DJ or Ryan sh- share this sentiment, but is you support things you believe in. Um, yes. And that goes for pretty much, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of aspects for life. You you believe in something, you support it, whether that's through money, whether that's through uh, publicity, you you support it in the way that you can. Um, I can't afford a whole bunch of, of money purchases on Blancos. Um, but what I can do is I made my first real, real money purchase today um, because I really did like the idea. I followed Blancos because of that on Facebook. I had no idea they were an NFT until... DJ actually told me that, and I was like, okay, that's really cool, but that's not the reason I got into Blancos. I really appreciate final art, and that's why I I, I decided to put money into it. Um, so, I mean, at least for me, my if, if, if there was something for me to tell you as a listener, it's to, to believe in, in what you believe in. That's It sounds rhetorical, it sounds redundant, but it's put things, put attention to the things you, you can believe in. Support um, what you believe in. And yes, exactly. Um, and I think that's what Blancos is doing right now. The creators seem super tangent, uh, super transparent. I'm sorry, it's tr- super transparent with their community. And that's why I was really excited to help DJ get into, you know, supporting Blancos because he has a, a big, much bigger u- user base and, and much bigger uh, reach than I had. Um, but I think that I had a pretty good idea of how we could support this community that, that was clearly lacking things. So um, I'm really happy that dj has has gone forward and made tutorial videos because i i know my i myself uh i said that that's something this game is lacking and that's something that a lot of the players are not able to access right now it's super confusing i mean ryan himself had trouble trying to do some of the quests in the game um and we had to actually refer him to dj's <laughs> yeah, 90 percent of those quests and that's that's not even like that's not even like we're shilling that's legit and, and experience I hell I did it. It took me like an hour to do a quest because I had no idea there was a jetpack in the game, and I was so mad that I got the jetpack right after I spent an hour doing this stuff. So like I think there is certain things missing from Blancos right now. It's it's still pretty barren. Um, but I think the spirit is there. It's um, so I, new. I've, I've spent more money on uh, Lawbreakers, which was founded by Cliff Blazinski, because I believed in that game, and I got. I, I lost $60, you know? I lost the money on that, but I can't say I'm not proud to have at least been there and seen what Lawbreakers is and given them a fair chance before they were moved off of Steam. Um, and the game was shut down. So you're he, you're going to make bad choices, you know? Gears of War, didn't he? Exactly, yeah. He made his own studio called Bosky Studios. I know this isn't on... This is in the crypto section, but it, it is interesting because um, this is how games can fail. Um, so yeah, he, he was actually one of the creators for Gears of War and believe me, um, if you've never heard of Lawbreakers, if you have no idea what that is, uh, Ryan, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of the game. Or actually, I think um, I might have, but I, I doesn't bring, I can't think of anything about it, but you said Cliff Blazinski and I was like, I know that name. He's Gears yeah, of War. It, it was based, I've seen him, he, he met, I've seen, I've met him in real life, uh, when I won the Xbox. The Xbox, Comic-Con. I remember that year you won the <laughs> Xbox, by the way, I was there. Yes. <laughs> and um one time he said oh i like your hat and i was wearing a gears of war hat and i was in the line for mass effect actually mass effect 3's demo but the um the thing is uh he he built his own studio and the game had so much of cliffy's 
uh spirit into it like it was loud it was brash it was freaking weird and it was it was awesome but it was a class-based shooter and because of that it drew a lot of comparisons to um to overwatch and that's literally what killed the game it got classified as a copy of another game so that's actually uh a good something i, I didn't realize until now is is kind of a fear that a lot of people will think this is just roblox but not but not, you know, because it ha does have a lot of aspects of Roblox, but it doesn't have the prestige as Roblox does have now. Or Fall Guys. But See, what I will say... Fall, well, I mean, for the Fall Guys comparison is actually working in its favor. Um, yeah, any publicity is good publicity at this point for, for Blancos, which is funny because you wouldn't really think that to be true, but it, it is legitimately true. No, I agree. But what I will say with the Roblox comparison, like Roblox, up until 2017 um like it was relatively under the radar like anyone that stumbled across it thought it was a minecraft clone even though roblox was out way before minecraft so like i think that there you know every there's imitation in anything that we see in the world um and i think that that those concerns of blancos being too much like roblox are very quickly like shunned away i guess just by the idea once, that like once you spend time in the game i i guarantee you will say this is nothing like, like Roblox. I I, I can I genuinely agree. believe that. Yeah, I can I, personally I, say I can personally say it's nothing like Roblox. I've never played Roblox, but in a good, <laughs> in, a, in a really good way. Like I feel like Roblox, because they literally let creators create a game from like everything from ground zero. Um, there's so much potential for Roblox game to be anything from, you know, role playing Sims to grand theft auto for kids you know and i think i think something that's really really important to recognize is that that Ro that blancos is doing ahead of roblox is that they're adopting this Fortnite approach where um they get big names uh to support their cause this this game has a lot of really cool art and that's what makes it really special to me when i bought the marshmallow skin like i didn't i didn't buy it because i knew it would be like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars like later on down the line i i bought it because i i heard marshmallows music i like them so i think again it goes we, we go in a circle back to the whole thing where you support what you like and uh i think this game has a lot of, of heart in it so i i genuinely want to see a lot of people pick it up the community is fantastic blanco's junction um Yes, it's something that i frequent every single day with dj we're both on there posting just talking about different things and uh, I think that there's a lot of heart in the community itself. Yeah, I 100% I agree with that. Like, I feel like I haven't felt this much energy behind a community in a long time. Like, I would maybe say 2017 Roblox. Um, definitely not recent years of Roblox because it's gotten so big. But, like, and I think, I don't know, it's, there is, like, that novelty factor of, like, right now it's a small community. So, like, everyone is, like, supporting everyone. And, like, the energy there is just so awesome, like, you know, if, if you're and listening this is to this, exciting, exciting thing too. We're at the very foundation of this game, the very infancy of this game, which which could become really, really big. And and whether or not you're there for the money or there for because it's a really cool art style, like it's definitely something you should check out. Sorry, I interrupted you, DJ. Oh no, 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 you're good. <laughs> I I pretty much said everything I wanted to say. I just I really believe in this game. I really believe in this in this project, and like I really appreciate that, Terry 
um, I had mentioned blog posts to him and he was like, you know what you should do is you should make tutorial videos for that and that would help people a lot. And and so then that's when I started to make the tutorial videos and it actually gave me a newfound, like renewed sense of purpose as far as making videos. And I really appreciated that because I'm like, wow, okay, like I've had this, you know, kid-friendly channel that I haven't known what to do with it for the longest time ever. Blancos is trying to market itself as a family-friendly game. I can make videos, you know, on my channel that already has an audience of like 27,000 people. Um, you know, hopefully they, you know, click on it, even though it's not Roblox. But uh, yeah, it just, it gave me a whole renewed sense of like motivation and energy and like, you know, I, I don't see it as work. It's just like fun. And so that's, I, I do appreciate that aspect of it too, is like I haven't had that much sense of like i want to create this video i want to edit this video i want to make a thumbnail i want to play the game i want to you know i haven't had that much of a feeling of wanting to do something for a specific game since i like like early early roblox yeah it's got it's it's piqued your interest like you, you're genuinely excited about it and you want you want to know more and you want to do more exactly it's making me want to put in the work to like help other people create content for it um i i really truly want to see this game succeed and i'll do whatever i can do to help it succeed but i'm just one person you know we need we need, we need millions of people to make <laughs> well, that's together. together we're working together creator. yeah <laughs> terry's like i'm here too yeah <laughs> <laughs> to i'm right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Blanc and Blanco's Junction, that's been, that, that's also been an amazing, like, working, like, relationship that we've had with him. Like, it was Terry's idea to tell, you know, he told me that I should, like, let Blanco Junction know that I'm making these tutorial videos. And, like, I, I'm just, I'm really hoping that, like, my videos are helping people pick up the game. Because when I hop on, and this is not me, like, I'm literally not pulling this from the air. Like, I'll hop on Blanco's randomly, and I'll see someone that's like, how do I play this game? And part, the, the part of me that has such a history of doing youtube is like oh i shouldn't shill my channel because that's like bad taste but then the part of me that wants to help people is like i have to shill my channel almost because i'm like well if i if that helps them like get this quest done and like learn how to play this game and like put themselves in a position where they have the jetpack to do more mini games then like i i kind of have to say you know search up dj's games on youtube i made a tutorial like you know what i mean Yeah, I think I think we're, we're we're really at the infancy stage, and that's that's the most dangerous, and it's the most fun. Um, when when things start growing out of proportions, you know, we we'll see pushback, like the people that hate Epic Games for for you know being so profitable or whatever it is. Um, but I think this has a unique style, and that's definitely um, piqued my interest. And the creativity tools are really easy to use. Um, I created this whole map within. A couple hours i'm not quite done with it but you know eventually we'll see what happens with it so i'm it, super it, hyped it looks really good too like he showed he, he he pulled out the map and he's like does it remind you of anything and i looked at it and i was like it's blood gulch isn't it <laughs> <laughs> what i will say about your map though terry is right now like the rock launcher is op so you have to make it in the center of the map wide open which Dash you already did OP, it is bro. but i mean Dash hey rock, rocket launcher was center of the map in blood gulch my guy uh okay well then so then you have to put the snipers on like the opposite ends so that snipers were on opposite ends my guy history repeats itself. <laughs> well i would love to play your map so you know when you publish it it's not done stop pushing me 
<laughs> I want to I, I, I play on Blood Gulch. Let's let after the after we finish this recording, let's jump on Blancos and play some Blood Gulch. <laughs> I don't think his map is done though. He can't. We can't play it until he's published it. Boo. <laughs> but yeah, that was. I mean, that was basically uh, the most thing I want to get about NFTs. Um, we talked about NFTs as far as the art aspect, as far as like the the gaming aspect with Blancos. Um, you know, NBA Top Shots made the news. Beeple's made the news with his $60 million art sale. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Terry, I remember you were mentioning something about TF2 being like kind of your first experience with something of the NFTs where like there was a, a glitch and, or not your first experience with NFTs, but your first experience with like the free with a market, digital market game. With a digital, digital markets. Market, there we go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to kind of dive into that just for a little bit? Well, I, I think. Everyone's like, well, for us in our growing up age, our first experience in the digital market was definitely RuneScape. Uh, yes. We either A, got, ex- got scammed <laughs> there for the first time, or B, scammed someone there. It's it's genuinely one or the other. That's 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 just the nature of the game, you know? We either led someone to the wilderness and, <laughs> and killed them for their stuff, or, you know, we got scammed by someone I who's... Just, I just wanted my armor trimmed, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> armor trimming free, bro. Free armor trimming. Oh man, yeah. See, it's stuff like that that if you if you have no idea what RuneScape is, I feel sorry be- because you haven't experienced that. But you can experience all that with old school RuneScape, so that's that's cool. Um, but yeah, I I think that uh, there's a, there's a wealth of creative tools in this game, and that's that's what's really surprising to me. There's not that many games that want to give you all those creative tools, so I think Blancos does a really good job of doing that. Uh, I, that's, that is genuinely one thing that I was surprised about when you showed me that map, I was like, it, there, there were a lot of small details. I mean, obviously it's not a to scale map, (laughs) but like there were a lot of small details that you were able to put in by sure, like imagine sheer imagination and resources, you know? Exactly. You have to be creative with it. And, but the thing is, if you give people tools, they'll find a way to make something work, right? Absolutely. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Someone is definitely out there who the the caveman who made the spoon eventually gave the spoon to someone else who made it into a fork so he could eat meat. You know, I'm it's pretty just... sure there was a spork somewhere between True. there, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it had to be a fork, dude, because there's a spoon fork. I I don't know. We, we... What came first, the fork came... or the spork? It, the spork had to be invented <laughs> after. We could talk I about agree. that. <laughs> I have my doubts. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think it's it's that kind of creative process that's really beautiful. We'll see a lot of like unique stuff coming out of here. Um, and it, it's super fun to be a part of that. I don't know if Brian will give it another shot, but um, maybe maybe to play my map, he will. I hope so. <laughs> Listen, Terry, I've already said it. I want to play your map. I will <laughs> I will willingly go back on the game for to play your map. Okay, I will literally literally just recreate Halo CE in 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 Blancos. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's the goal. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that I I will play that. I will play that hands down. Probably won't see me on for anything else. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do acknowledge it seems like a, there's a lot of potential to the game, but it's not really my game. But I want to play your map. We'll just have fun in-house death matches on exactly um, your bad Discord. We'll, we'll, uh, Blanco's death death. Yeah, match. We'll, we'll get some of the baddies on there, and we'll just have like a like a like a four v four. Good lord. <laughs> Slayer. 10v10. <laughs> 10v10. We're doing system links up in here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> out there, please say yes. 
Oh man. But yeah, I think I think we're at time. Just about time, right? I know, yes. Ryan, you have things to do tomorrow morning for sure. I'm sorry. Uh well, I have to late. I have to I have to start being an adult at some point, but today is not that day. <laughs> oh man. No, I mean we we as far as our uh, our agenda went, we uh we went over fries. We Talk to you a little bit about mechanical keyboards. I told you. I told you mechanical keyboards. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I was a non-believer, and now I need... I'm invested. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is there a glitch on my mic? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I had a stroke. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, we talked about fries. We, uh, we talked a little bit about keyboards, a lot of it about keyboards. We, had, uh, we, we, we brought up some NFT informations. Uh, I genuinely think uh, I genuinely think there's something to the NFTs. I just I don't know if uh, I'm 100% the uh, the the market for them. But uh, I do think we had a great episode today, boys. And the best part is we have another follow up to do with DJ's first experience with his Farmillo keyboard that's going to be coming in. Yay! This is true. And I think uh, I think if I'm correct, there is a certain gaming chair that has been broken in. Ooh! Oh yes, Corsair, <laughs> our Corsair boys. We still are Corsair boys at heart. With Next Blanco's time, boys on the side, so. <laughs> yeah. Full disclosure: we own Corsair, Corsair stock. Full disclosure, <laughs> so we don't get sued. So we don't get sued. Very transparent. Next time on your bed. Cut <laughs> <laughs> the music now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, talk shit, talk shit, talk shit, talk shit, you're bad. <laughs> 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 <laughs>